Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Markets Farm Analyst Mike Jubinville. Up first in today's country comment, Remy Goslin with the Canadian Grain Commission will stop by to talk about some of the changes coming into effect August 1st. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Canadian Grain Commission has a number of changes coming into effect August 1st. One of those will see canary seed being recognized as an official grain. Remy Goslin is with the Canadian Grain Commission. This is a major development that's uh, largely due to uh, some uh, pretty public failures of uh, grain handling uh, companies in um, Saskatchewan uh, in recent years. And um, following consultations with the grain sector, uh, the CGC has decided to make um, canary seed an official grain uh, of Canada. So essentially, uh, in terms of changes to producers, what this means is that uh, they will now be eligible for compensation uh, in the event of non-payment for their uh, canary seed uh, grain deliveries to grain companies. It also means that uh, in the event of grade disputes, uh, they could also uh, resort to 72 inspectors' uh, grade and dockage, which is basically grade arbitration provided by the Canadian Grain Commission. Um, so this is a major development and uh, will certainly be welcomed by producers uh, in Western Canada. Another change coming August 1st, we'll see some uh, service fee reductions. Yeah, so on August 1st, uh, the CGC will reduce the fees for um, official inspection and official weighing services based on uh, an adjusted green volume forecast for the next three years. So uh, more specifically, the changes are going to result in a combined um, official inspection and weighing fee reduction from a buck forty-eight per ton to a dollar five per ton for, for ships. So this is a substantial reduction. So uh, in terms of savings to the sector, uh, we're estimating that approximately $14 million uh, in cost decreases uh, for the 2021-22 fiscal year, and then further decreases of about $21 million for each 2022 and 2023, uh, which would represent a further decrease of about 30%. Um, so, uh, you know, another big uh, announcement there for producers and the sector as a whole, which has uh, been um, uh, received quite well so far. And starting August 1st, we'll see some, uh, we'll see expanded dawn testing uh, available through the Harvest Sample Program. Yeah, this is, a, this is an added um, uh, element of information that will be uh, provided to producers uh, when they provide us uh, with voluntary samples. We feel that this is uh, something that can be quite useful for producers when they make their marketing decisions uh, on uh, where they want to sell their grain and uh, when they make grain deliveries to elevators. So um, an added bonus for producers, and as well, uh, this is uh, a program that really helps market uh, Canadian uh, grains abroad and helps support the Canada brand. So another uh, important development here for Western Canadian uh, grain producers. And the last one I wanted to talk about here today, um, wheat class modernization, uh, final changes taking effect. Yeah, so there's uh, the last set of varieties that are moving over from the uh, Red Spring class to the Northern Hard Red class. This uh, move has been done over a, a three- to five-year period, uh, and it was really intended to address uh, concerns from domestic and international grain buyers that uh, some um, uh, uh, Red Spring uh, deliveries were not performing as expected as it related to gluten strength. 
So the CGC took some uh, decisive steps in terms of protecting the uh, brand reputation of Red Spring um, and uh, also created a new class, uh, uh, Northern Hard Red, which would allow producers who had already uh, purchased uh, some of these varieties to continue to market their product. Uh, so we took uh, decisive steps, and uh, the final uh, five varieties are moving over uh, to the Northern Hard Red, and uh, the transition will now be complete. That was Remy Goslin with the Canadian Grain Commission talking about changes coming into effect August 1st. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Keystone Agricultural Producers is urging farmers to reach out for help if they're feeling stressed by the drought situation. Here's Cap GM Brenna Mahoney. One of the things that we really recognize and are really driving home is that there's stress out there. People are feeling devastated about this. And I'm hearing stories from all across the province of how this is impacting families. Reach out to one another. There are resources out there, even 211 for mental health services. We really need to have um, the Manitoba Farm and Rural and Northern Support Services are also there. It's free. It's confidential. Online counseling to producers. So we really know that this is hurting. Mahoney says she was encouraged by Minister Bebo's trip to Manitoba last week. And the market's farm team gave their July weather and market update last week. Bruce Burnett, the Director of Weather and Markets Information, was one of the presenters during the virtual event and addressed the ongoing drought, noting that crops are suffering from moisture stress and yields are dropping. Certainly, I think uh, we're going to classify 2021 as one of the uh, worst drought years that we've had on the prairies, on par with uh, the 30s. uh, 61, um, as well as the early parts of 2000 in terms of drought. He notes during the time when the crop sets most of the yield through the middle of June to the middle of July, most areas of the prairies have had deficits of more than two inches of rainfall, and that stretches from the Peace River region in Alberta all the way down into Manitoba. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, July 27th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Mike Juvenville with Markets Farm. A lack of moisture, dry conditions and crop stress is having a major impact on crop production. On Friday, the Markets Farm team gave their July Markets Outlook Summit. Glendalee Allen Vossler took part in the virtual event and focuses in on senior markets analyst Mike Juvenville's presentation which focuses in on oil seeds and pulses. Let's start with canola. Seeded acreage, uh, indeed, uh, up dramatically this year, one of the highest that we have on record, about 22.5 million acres planted this year, again, one of the largest in history. But on the production side, uh, you know, the acres were planted in a, a timely fashion this spring, though a large part of the southern and into central and eastern parts of the prairies uh, entered this growing season with depleted soil moisture conditions. You know, central to northern Alberta uh, seemed to be in the best shape to start off the growing season. Uh, But dryness and the intense heat that came through June and into the first half of July has really impaired the crop, generally speaking, uh, at some pretty key reproductive phases of development. So, Uh, We can see some recovery if we see regular moisture, moderating temperatures going out through the remainder of the growing season. Maybe if we hope for some favorable harvest weather. Uh, Sure, that's possible. 
but there is already significant crop damage already done, in my opinion, with uh, certainly some irreversible yield loss. So right now I'm using 17 million tons in terms of uh, crop potential for this year. Uh, there's plenty of talk in the marketplace of being even less than that. Uh, and to be frank, I'm really at 16 million tons in my own mind right now. Uh, but trying to, again, honestly, I'm working through the numbers, trying to make the supply demand balance tables work on a 16 million ton or less crop uh, is a real challenge. You know, even with 17 million tons, uh, there are important and regular customers of Canadian canola who simply will not see their orders filled this year and the year ahead as the supply is just not going to be there. From canola, we move into pulses, starting with peas. On the production side, uh, we're forecasting in the area about 3.5 million tons this year, and certainly uh, well down from the, the previous two years on that. So we, we, again, we are looking at a tightening inventory develop. Uh, in terms of the Asian demand for Canadian peas, as you can see, China remains the the 800-pound gorilla of demand for Canadian peas, mostly on the yellow side. Uh, as the uniqueness of the pea situation is such that, that as Canadian production is set back this year and prices build towards that, you know, into that $10 a bushel area, maybe a little bit better, uh, I sense there's going to be an element of equilibrium developing from the demand side. Uh, by that, I mean China buying starting to easing up in order to compensate. Uh, that's because, at least from the Chinese perspective, I'm looking for these protein meal environments. There's maybe some other cheaper choices that exist for them to explore. So to me, this sort of underscores how tethered Canadian pea demand is to China. And you can see on the purple aspect of those bars, they make up the, the vast majority of, of where are Canadian peas that go for export on where they go. So to me, this is uh, one of the possible headwinds that I see developing on our peace side of things, assuming again that the Canadian crop does not deteriorate any further from where we are today. On the greens, um, I think we're looking at a transition year from one of relative supply abundance to relative supply tightness, you know, as the production loss situation uh, becomes more clearly known. Uh, the next discussion ought to be on to what extent, uh, you know, what this um, heat and dryness, uh, bright sunlight and such is going to do for localized bleaching on the greens. And I think that's something we'll have to be watching for uh, as we approach the harvest season. Nonetheless, pea ending stocks, again, still the situation is, is looking quite tight. Uh, cash prices... Uh, Saskatchewan-based bids, uh, $10 a bushel, maybe just less in, in pretty much all areas, and you're into $10, maybe a little bit better in Alberta and such. Uh, that's where that market is, at least at this point in time, until we get a better reflection as to what the strength of, uh, of China demand potentially could be with us. Last commodity I'm going to look at here is on the lentils. Uh, production, I'm estimating right now at about 245 million tons uh, under what we were producing last year, even though the acres that went into lentils this year were pretty much the same as they were last year, maybe even a little bit higher. Uh, but I think the, the dryness issues, 
you know, certainly impacted yield. But when it comes to lentils, uh, they're probably better able to handle the dryer than than a lot of other crops. Uh, but, you know, this crop, you know, like all others, is, is still struggling as well. On the export side of things, uh, demand for lentils is, is very much tied to expectations of buying from India. From a stock's point of view still, uh, Canada's uh, year-end supplies are going to be tight again this year. And again, uh, as the theme is, that uh, that's going to be case for uh, most commodities for the year ahead. Uh, red lentil pricing uh, since bottoming out about two years ago has been trending higher. You know, we were in that sub $20 a cent a pound range, and now we're in that 33 34 for new crop September, December delivery, uh, even using the Employing an Active God program on that as well. Uh, for the large green lentils, uh, in that 35 35 36 uh Sent a pound area with Act of God for fall delivery. Though I have heard bids that just this week that got as high as 40 cents, uh, but I'm going to have to do a little work to, to confirm that. In our view, um, Lent, uh, India is still probably going to be in a deficit situation when it comes to lentils over the coming year. We And if we assume that's correct, then the market and the political forces that are instituted, that are employing the policy against uh, and for imports into India, those are probably going to eventually come together to hopefully facilitate some trade uh, as the marketing year progresses into, into the new crop year. To me, the thing about lentils is one where a lot of importers around the world really watch what India is doing. And they'll base their own buying initiatives based on how aggressive India may or may not be in the marketplace. This was just a short segment of Mike Jubinville's presentation. To find out more of his thoughts on what's happening with the markets, be sure and check out the Markets Farm website. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Keystone Agricultural Producers Summer Advisory Council meeting takes place online tomorrow starting at 9 a.m. Go to the CAP website to register. The Canadian Hereford Association Annual General Meeting and Bonanza 2021 takes place July 28th to the 31st at Brandon's Keystone Centre pending public health restrictions. For up-to-date information on the event, visit the Bonanza 2021 website. The annual general meeting for Farm Credit Canada is scheduled for August 18th, starting at 1 p.m. It'll take place virtually. Visit the FCC website for details on how to join. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, the federal government announced more than $25 million in funding to conserve, restore, and enhance critical wetlands and grasslands in the Prairie Provinces. Nature Conservancy of Canada will receive up to $4.05 million over three years for projects to retain and restore carbon stocks by conserving, restoring, and enhancing management of prairie grasslands and wetlands. In Manitoba, one of the projects will be a 140-hectare mixed grass prairie restoration on NCC's Fort Ellis property near St. Lazar. 
Carrie Hamill is director of conservation with the Manitoba region with the NCC. It's really, really exciting, the support from, from the government of Canada. It's going to allow us to really focus on restoring key habitats in key parts of Manitoba. That's going to help sequester carbon, to help with climate change. It's going to help make communities more climate change resilient, help lower flooding, help out with grazing lands during droughts. And um, it's really going to kind of kickstart a, a real focus on restoration that's going on in Manitoba right now. Talk a little bit about the uh, what's going to be happening at that uh, Fort Ellis uh, property near uh, St. Lazar. So our Fort Ellis property near St. Lazar, it's, uh, it, it's a really beautiful property. It stretches out along the Assiniboine River and along an adjacent creek. Um, but parts of the riverbank um, have some erosion issues, and there's, there's parts that are, um, you know, kind of in, in need of some help. So this funding is going to allow us to uh, plant uh, willows there and trees and kind of restore some of the nature along the bank, which will help keep carbon in the soil, help uh, with the water quality of the river. Um, in addition, Fort Ellis has some amazing native grasslands, and this funding is going to allow us to expand the, uh, the footprint of those grasslands. Um, right now, the soil is, is really sandy there, and it's kind of blowing away in places. And we'll be able to put some new native grassland in the ground. Um, good habitat for species, good habitat for, for cattle, and uh, kind of good all around. What's kind of the timeline on that? Yeah, the funding stretches out over the next uh, few years. So Fort Ellis is going to be just one of our projects. We'll be, um, uh, we're in the planning stages right now for projects in other parts of Manitoba, including possibly the tall grass prairie, as well as some important uh, wetland areas. Any thoughts on any of the other projects uh, happening across the prairies? Or It's really interesting times. I think the, the impact of, um, of our hotter weather and the climate this year is very apparent. And it's really neat to see the scale of this restoration work. Um, it's working to, to see nature as part of the solution to climate change. Um, it's always been there for us, so it's giving it a, a helping hand. So it can keep, you know, carbon in the ground, put more carbon in the ground, help create more habitat and uh, more areas for grass-based agriculture. So I'm just really quite excited about this funding announcement and what it's going to allow uh, NCC and our partners to do. That was Carrie Hamill with the Nature Conservancy of Canada talking about their prairie restoration project taking place near St. Lazar. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Prices for wheat and durum have moved significantly higher in the past couple of weeks as prairie crops have been suffering from moisture stress, which is reducing the crop's yield potential. Last week, Markets Farm released their July update. Bruce Burnett, Director of Weather and Markets Information, said overall the durum market is looking pretty positive. The U.S. market's already starting to move. Prices in the past week have been up to between 2 and $4 a bushel depending on where you are um, and who's posting the bids. And in uh, in terms of just plain elevator bids, U.S. ten fifty to $11 per bushel range is available now in, in parts of North Dakota and Montana. This would, would translate in Canadian dollars to, uh, you know, over $13, you know, $13 to $14 a bushel, let's say. And Keystone Agricultural Producers was part of Minister Bebo's visit to Manitoba last week. Here's Cap GM Brenna Mahoney. You know, we're feeling really positive about the minister's visit. I think it really shows the collaboration that's currently ongoing federally and provincially and how the drought situation is a top priority for the minister. In fact, that's her first trip since COVID. So I think that coming here, visiting with farmers, getting out to see the cattle situation, uh, getting out to see the crop situation is really, really positive. 
Mahoney says it's important for farmers to reach out for help if they are feeling stressed by the situation. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details on the latest Protein Industries Canada announcement. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.